Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. What's up, everybody? Bobby the Bank. Check it out. We just did an amazing episode with Bryce, Thug Nasty, Mitchell, 14-0 and in the UFC. Hell of a guy. Fun conversation. We talked about fighting. We talked about the mental game. We talked about a little bit of world politics. It got heated, but it was very friendly and very fun. And uh, if you don't know who Bryce Mitchell is, he's a fucking like genius of mixed martial arts and of survival skills in the wild. You will not be disappointed with this episode. It was very engaging. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast uh, brought to you by Sheath Underwear, of course. Today is like a unique occasion because we're doing video and we're here with a very special guest one of the biggest names in the ufc and if you guys follow me you've heard me talk about him um i call him nasty thug but it's thug nasty (laughs) bryce mitchell in the house thank you so much for joining me today sir how you doing i'm doing great man thank you for having me i just got done doing a uh a little boxing workout with my boxing coach, man, he, me and him are super cool. I was sleeping in today, and he comes up knocking on the door. I'm like, who's knocking? It's my boxing coach. He <laughs> says, come on, man, you got that interview. Why don't you get some training before the interview? He said it helps your uh, your blood flow. Your He said, you'll be thinking faster. I said, all right, and I need to get up anyway. So that's how my day's been going. It's been great, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Yeah, I so I recently got into boxing. And I love it. It's, you know, like the cerebral aspect of it. Most people think it's for like um, barbarians and, you know, you don't have to just throw your hands and, you know, punch, but there's some, a lot of technique. You got to learn the combos Mm -hmm. and you're not just throwing your hands. You're using your mind Mm -hmm. a lot, which I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm as much footwork as I am handwork. You know, I really, uh, my my boxing coach especially uh, emphasizes a lot of my footwork because that's what, my defense is because I'm a little bit longer, uh, like taller. Usually I fight kind of musclier guys and I yeah. have to move, I have to move laterally. I have to move in and out, uh, especially against guys who are stronger like that. Dude, you are so sharp. Every fight I've watched, you're like pinpoint accuracy. Like you're shooting an arrow in like a bullseye. And when you hit, you don't, you like, you're not missing wild. It's very impressive um love watching you fight i'm a super fan of the ufc and you since ever ever since you went on the microphone and was like donald trump if you need security i'll come up there and whoop your ass whoever's asses that's or whatever. right brother for that free was, too man yeah. i do it i do it for free i was pumped um, i was pumped on that one i was like i gotta talk to this dude yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. that. Was that uh, that was the fight in Washington D.C. I was up yeah. there in D.C. and I know I knew Donald Trump was watching, and I know he needs some backup. You know, he's got all those dudes trying to <laughs> take him down. Yeah. He, yeah, he's got some haters. He needs some backup, man. But yeah, uh, I, the, the accuracy, man. I appreciate uh, that that you noticed that, and um, I. I always try to be accurate because when you miss, you're vulnerable. The cobra oh. is most vulnerable after it strikes. Dude. And and so so if you miss, you're vulnerable. And so that's always been in my head. And, and it was about maybe six months ago, somebody sent me a statistic. And I'm not what you would consider a striker. Actually, people on the internet, they, they make fun of my striking, you know, because it's very meticulous and uh, a little bit different. And it, usually the goal is to get the opponent down and sometimes I can't and I rearrange that goal mid-fight but a lot of times I'm not even trying to strike and my accuracy was the third highest in the UFC Damn. and I and the other two above me were two strikers mm-hmm. and uh but you know I just thought that was crazy that, that but that's 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 a reflection of my style that's not um that's a 
result of how I strike. It's just very, I don't like to throw wild and that, and unless you have to, sometimes you could, uh, you might have to, might call, that's the only thing that you could win. If that's what I thought, the only weapon that I could win with, I would throw wild. Yeah. But, like gauge you know. or something now, but well, and but you are precise. And you know, the fact that you said Cobra, I have wrote down, like, I was going to ask you what your spirit animal was. And because in my mind, it's like a snake because of that just accuracy. They're not missing off to the left or right. They're hitting you right in your ankle. Or wherever. So uh, the, the Kung Fu, I've been training a little bit of Kung Fu. They ha- they study um, the animals and insects to learn how to fight. And Kung Fu studies five uh, animals. One of them is the uh, the cobra, the tiger, the crane the mantis and the monkey mm. and each of these animals, they studied them because they bring a unique skill set to how they fight their opponents. Uh, like the crane, it was the master of elegance and grace and balance. The crane can balance on one leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they fight, they like when the, when the Kung Fu masters imitate the crane, they peck at the eyes, like the beak of a crane, they'll do this with their fingers and they'll peck like that but right at them and so they'll peck and then they do one-legged kick attacks and that's yeah. how they fight like the crane mm-hmm. so there's there's a way you could imitate a snake you know and fight like the cobra the the tiger is known for just raw aggression uh you, the eye gouges and the the grabs to the throat you know so if you want to bring out the tiger you just you just kind of scratch claw go for the eyes and go for the throat and that's that's tiger kung fu style um I noticed some guys have that when, because they're like, it's like a slap. I mean, rarely do you see people slapping in the UFC, but to me, when you just described the tiger clawing, I think it was Kevin Holland that I saw. I mean, very unorthodox striking, which was like, you know, it's like you have all these angles, but this isn't a punch, you know, it's like you got to, but a slap isn't nothing. Uh, a slap is very effective and the advantages of a slap over a hook like um this knuckle is all jacked up here i broke it in my last fight i was throwing a loop and left hook and um you know i hit the hard part of his head well if you throw an open hand slap you're never gonna break your hand you actually have this much surface area you can hit anybody with from here to here whereas when you're hitting with a knuckle you're usually aiming for this this area and that's it you're hitting somebody with something this big Yep. It's your two your two knuckles. If right. you open up that if you open up that slap, you got more surface area. It's a natural <laughs> parry too. So if they were to throw something in the middle of your punch, you could catch it with your open hand easier. You yeah, could, it's, it's grab more their defensive. arm or whatever. Yes, you could grab their arm. It's more defensive in nature. It's more accurate. It has more reach. When you extend your fingers, you can reach further than you can with that. There's a lot of advantages. To, now it just doesn't have the concussive uh, blow blow like a mm-hmm. uh, like the knuckles do because it focuses all that energy into a small area. Like if you were to aim these knuckles on the temple, all that force into a small area that's soft, that's a knockout. But if you cup your hands, I know a guy who served in Nam. He got in a bar fight in Nam with a Viet Cong, and he, he said he ear-cupped him, double ear-cupped him, and head-butted him, and the fight was done. And I believe this guy. This guy is uh, – he, he's – I mean, he's, his word is is gold. Mm. And uh, Yeah, he, he wouldn't make that up for no reason probably. No, no, but yeah. if you cup the hand, if you're if you're slapping, if you're aiming for the chin, and chin, it's okay to just open hand slap. But if you're aiming for the ears, you cup the hand, and it will form a vacuum around the ear. Mm-hmm. And that air will compress right there. And uh, I Pop mean, that's open. Drum, probably. Yes. Something. Open hand techniques are just as good. The only reason you see a lot of hooks in, in, in MMA, in my opinion, is because the glove. The glove encourages you to ball your hand up and hit mm-hmm. with the end of the. If it was barehanded, you would see much more slaps. Well, that reminds me of the uh, bare knuckle fighting but i want to before we like we move on i just like very interesting how kind of intelligent you are like i've been like have you have this guy taken an iq test because you're probably you probably don't come off to the masses as like this genius but if you sit here and talk to you in the in the depth that you go into the specificities of these techniques and shit you're like a genius of fighting 
Maybe my own little area, right? In my own yeah. little forte, I, I feel I feel like that, and it's a small community of people that appreciate it. Yeah, no, but, I, I can. But I, I, me and my coaches look at ourselves like mad scientists. I love that. You know, we, that's what we we like to look take a scientific approach. We're develop doing research and development, and uh, messing with crazy stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, it, I, we're gonna sponsor this new youtube channel called mad scientist sheath that is so just, that's awesome yeah they're just i don't know what they're they're figuring out how shit works and stuff but uh-huh. that's how you figure out how to fight figure out what works right. and what doesn't work i imagine and um how long have you been doing it fighting well training? i started um well my first form of martial arts was when i was actually a kid i was so young i can't really remember it all awesome. too much but i did a karate or Taekwondo, actually, and uh, the guy would hold board. His name was Master O'Connell, and he would hold boards, and um, I would do nunchucks, and uh, we would train batons like little sticks, and mm-hmm. uh, we I definitely remember sparring live. Wow. Um, yeah, hits to the face, and because I remember being scared. That's how I remember it, because I can't remember nothing about sparring, but I remember one day in particular, there was this guy, and he scared the shit out of me. He was because I was a little kid, he was way bigger than me. And Master O'Connell was like, get in there, get in there, get him, Bryce, go. Get, don't, you know, hold your ground. And uh, I remember that day. But other than that, I can't remember any sparring. But I know we sparred. Mm-hmm. And um, I could, And when I went to my first karate tournament, um, I did not know that the rules in karate, especially youth karate, where you can't hit to the face. Oh, yeah. I had no clue. Because in my gym, we hit to the face because I, I remember it. And and uh, I walked in that tournament, and this kid, he was sticking his head right up in the air. And I walked right over in this first karate <laughs> tournament I've ever been in, and I punched him right in the face. And, <laughs> and I instantly got disqualified. I thought I won the match. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, he wasn't moving his head because he didn't think the punches were coming. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't know, and I was a little kid, and they didn't explain those rules to me good. And uh, that was my first karate tournament. And then when I was uh, older, um, I got out of the karate and started doing other sports. But then I started wrestling and doing uh, backyard training. And then eventually, I went into a legitimate MMA gym and started doing kickboxing and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Nice. And actually, the first the first gym that I went into, uh, it was bad. It was bad news that it was the guy running it, um, you know, was under some drug usage, you uh, know, questionable, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, questionable. I was a kid, went in there, and he yeah. taught pretty good stuff. He could whoop my ass, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't know where I was going. This is when I before I moved to Coach Willie. Coach Willie is like my head coach. And because uh, there was two gyms in Cabot and I went to the one where the guy who's kind of a little bit, uh, you know, suspect. Was a little bit suspect. He could kick ass, but he was a little suspect, you know, and yeah. I went over there first and his gym only lasted three months uh, since yeah. I got there. But for that three months, I trained with him and I almost killed a guy at a tournament under his training. Jesus. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it was, was like the Cobra Kai version of like uh Karate Kid or something. What? Yeah, this shit was crazy. I mean, I, 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 uh, yeah, he, he, no mercy. He, yeah, he told me to do illegal moves and I did, and it broke the guy's uh back, his L1 through L5 oh vertebrae, God. and cracked 12 ribs. And I mean, I almost killed this guy doing a move that I thought was legal. Wow. Okay, That's because gotta be scary. Co- yeah, for you. I mean, yeah. I thought yeah. that that was the, the move was completely illegal that I did. And so I trained under that guy for about three months. And in that three month period, I, that's when I, when I went to that tournament and hurt that guy. And, uh, you know, looking back at it, it sucks because I have a lot of guilt about it, but I also did not know. And I know that was not my intention to do something right. illegal. I literally right. thought that's what the goal of the sport was. I thought that that's what you went in there to do because my coach told me, yeah, go in there and slam that guy as hard as you Dang. can. And that's, and that's what I did. And, and, uh, uh, so, and then, like I said, that gym shut down and I went to William McLaughlin, who's my head coach to this day. Well, I could say, so what you just said about you didn't mean to do it, it brought to my mind occasionally 
a champion um, will strike an opponent while they're down with a knee to the head. Yeah. They don't mean to do it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I know you didn't mean to. I mean, you meant to kick him, but you thought he might have yeah. been up or whatever. It's this weird yeah. heat of the moment. And I always feel bad for them for throwing it. And then the guy who got hit, like now Aljamain Sterling's the champion. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. It's like a weird. Yeah, it is. And Aljo's a, Aljo's a good buddy of mine. We've trained, you know, I, I lived up there with him for a couple months. Um, and uh, so he, he's a buddy of mine. Yeah, Let me no, tell I like you him. Why. I've always liked his I, I do too. personality. And I, and I like Peter Yon. I like his style. Yeah, I, he, that guy is a, he's a tank. Yeah, and, um, he's got those fists. He is. And, but what I think, my understanding from looking outside, what I think happened, and I think I'm always right all the time. I'm biased, but I I, I can almost give you a hundred percent positive on why that happened. And because Aljamain because wouldn't we, get up, or what? No, no. Okay, might have been. Aljamain probably was fatigued and literally probably didn't have that strength to burst up like he wanted to. Yeah. And he he was fatigued. He was breaking, you know, uh, mm -hmm. physically, mm -hmm. and so that's why he wasn't getting up from there. He probably couldn't, you know. Yeah. Because uh, he's in good shape, man. Of course. But that for him to be down like that, he's got to be fucking done. He's got to be toast. And he was. And I think it was getting ugly for him. But check this out. There's these new fucking rules. And I don't know if they're called the unified, the ununified, the this, the that. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But before the fight, I shit you not, they'll come into the room and they'll say, the ref will say, I'm going to tilt the, the thing down. So say that this is the table. It's the floor. The ref mm -hmm. will come. I'm not shitting you. I'm not mm -hmm. shitting. I'm not saying no names because it's happened multiple times about multiple refs. The ref comes in the back of the room 30 minutes before the fight and says, okay, I'm going to go over the unified rules. No spikes to the back of the head. This here is all back of the head is illegal. Uh, if it's touching the ear, it's legal. Um, now, when you go to the ground, a knee to opponent is a, a, a knee to the ground is down opponent. This is not down. This is, this is not. This uh... is, this is, brother, whatever they're doing, they're all fucking idiots. Every fucking one of them. I've literally been told before a fight that this is not a downed opponent because their is. weight's on their fingertips. Yeah. See? The weight's on the fingertips. They're not truly bearing weight. And then this is because right. this the hand is bearing weight. Now, if you want to get real fucking scientific with me, if your hand is touching a surface, there's contact with it. It's bearing some of the weight of your fucking hand. You know, I'm not going to sit here 30 minutes out before a fight and argue with the ref and say, hey, who who gave you these rules? This is illegal. This is illegal. I'm just going to default and I'm going to say, hey, if it's even close, I'm not throwing it. Yeah. But guess what? If you're Russian, if you're right. Peter Yon and you got a translator who barely half fucking ass understands what you're saying and then he half fucking ass translates it to you and he says oh peter you can this is down this is not this is this yeah, is right. not oh peter yeah peter don't know what the fuck to do and peter's going to kill you if he gets a chance <laughs> so peter throws the fucking knee and then it makes him look bad when really i'm telling you brother there's this unified shit going on and it confuses the fuck out of me it confuses mm -hmm. the fuck out of a lot of people yeah even but, the announcers are like was he down is he down are we in this state are we in some other state where the yeah. rules are different <laughs> yeah it's like what what do you mean what state yeah what, you know what i'm saying it just needs <laughs> in my opinion the answer would be to legalize it and it would change the game a lot from that position that i don't position, like when people put their hand down as a defense you know mechanism yeah. it's like no oh, pick pick your that's fucking not hand realistic up. yeah that's not, not realistic, realistic. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I think that they the knees to the head of a down opponent probably should just be legal. That would be the the best answer for it. And a lot of those positions wouldn't exist, like that position Aljamain was in. It wouldn't exist, you know. That kind of kneeled over hand on the ground position. He's yeah. done that for, in training for years because he knows his training partners ain't gonna knee him in the face. So if he gets tired, he can kind of default to that position for just half a second. Well, in a fight where the guy doesn't respect those rules, that position don't exist. There's right. a knee coming. There's a knee coming straight down like a sledgehammer. And um, but that, that's a, in my opinion, it's the rules and the explanation of the rules between this, this, and this, and that's what caused that. Not Peter Yan actually thinking he was doing something bad. Yeah, for sure. And anyone usually that throws that in those last second, you know. With, it's just like a split second decision. And I don't think they know 
they're not trying to like cheat you know what i mean because then you're gonna no. get caught it's just like it's just a weird split second decision I've, I've had a close call because i mean you when you're in that position you think you're gonna end the fight with that shot yeah exactly. you know you really when, when you're aiming a knee right there you're thinking hey this is it this this fight's done and i've i've had one on tyler diamond it was my first ufc fight i was just watching hand, that last night his good. hand was down yeah, and he was on his way up, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I might get him," and it kind of grazed him. It didn't hit him good, but as soon as I threw it and I felt it hit, I thought, "Oh shit, was that legal?" Right. It, it was because he happened to pick his hand up, but there was a worry in my mind. While after I threw it, I was worried. Like I remember that feeling of, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get DQ'd." Right. But I threw, yeah. it, but I threw it. I threw it anyways. My my survival instinct was throw it anyways and ask the questions later. Mm-hmm. You know, so you and kind of lucked they, out that it didn't connect, and his hand had just moved up and stuff. Yeah, and there's, it, there's that. It, yeah, it just grazed him. He, he didn't. Right. He didn't even show a sign of feeling it. I felt it on my knee, but he didn't even act like it hurt him. I was just watching the Tough Twenty Seven. That was a fun season. A lot of talent <laughs> came from that season. Hey, everybody! Thank you again. I wanted to take a moment to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor. Of course, we're sponsored by Sheath Underwear. You know Sheath Underwear. Use promo code Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and save 30% off any and all products. It's pouch underwear. Keeps your boys off your legs. You can't lose when you're wearing Sheath Underwear. Everybody's a winner, just like in team sports. When you're a kid, Sheath Underwear is the same. Everybody wins. Socialism of underwear. We're all equal equally comfortable enjoy also we are brought to you by ohanakababar.com this is a package i should have a cup of it i should be drinking it um here's a tincture it's called ohanakababar.com the product is kava k-a-v-a it's a root from the south pacific it makes you calm and relaxed it's very subtle you won't even know you're like on something and next thing you know you're just feeling nice and good there's no mental inebriation you will just feel calm and relaxed they call it an herbal xanax but i call it a good time if you don't know what it is don't go trying to find out but if you've heard of it and you want to try it give it a shot use promo code sheath save five percent if you you know if you've already tried it this is the cleanest purest best kava i've ever tried i recommend it the owner's a good friend of mine, so I have like firsthand knowledge of drinking it hundreds of times. Check it out and enjoy yourself. Have a little kava party. Give it a goog. You won't be disappointed. And back to the show. Pow, pow, pow. The spike, I don't think it's been as popular. Yeah. You know, that that's that spike TV, I'm telling you, people used to all talk about the ultimate fighter and yeah not a lot of people not a lot of people watched it uh on my season you know but i like it when people do you know that's that's awesome but i i uh i wish they'd put some of the shit on there that happened behind the scenes some of the just the drama and stuff like that and even funny stuff that they didn't want because it's not as family since it moved to fox i don't think they can put some of that shit on there oh right yeah Spike was more relaxed. He used to be getting all drunk and breaking shit, and you know, right. The mo- the most drunken debauchery they didn't even put on there on the FX. Oh. There, there was some there was some straight up debauchery going on. Like, can you tell us <laughs> anything good? There's dude. He lost his fight, so he fucking tied his shirt on his head and started. He wrote thug on his stomach <laughs> in sharpie. Yeah, there was jumping up on the tables and walking around on the tables and the stove and the countertop, saying "fuck all y'all, fuck all y'all motherfuckers" and throwing shit and I mean just going nuts, just literally going nuts. And they didn't put that on the TV. Yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, that sounds like either Delaney or I don't know. He are you friends with any of the guys like Gunther? I, I like I like all of them. Um, yeah. I haven't talked to him a little. I'm, I think I might have said something to Joe uh, the other day on on Instagram. I think I messaged him, but and uh, of course Luis is a great buddy of mine. Luis but, uh, Pena, but, that's the guy you were shooting okay. the arrow off, uh, yeah, the he, off the head. <laughs> you missed, but you were so close. Those were really good shots. That's a story of my life, right there, dude. I uh, about, but bro, yeah, I was. Uh, 
And then afterwards, I did nunchucks. They didn't put the they didn't put the nunchuck routine on there, bro. I did a killer nunchuck routine. If you would have seen the bow and arrow with the nunchuck routine, you would have won. Well, it was it was Gunther still beat me. Gunther was won. Funny. Power, so. That was funny. That, that motherfucker is funny, man. And uh, what's funny about Gunther is uh, he he was trying to like as hard as he could when he first showed up on the show to not talk to anybody, to not. To, to just like be completely distant. Like mm-hmm. he was scared to talk to people and open up. Maybe kind of seemed thought, like you a little bit too. You seem like you were a little bit standoffish at first, no? Well, it, it, On the took, show. Me, it took me a little while to uh, get get to know everybody. Yeah. As soon as I got to know everybody, I really liked everybody. I'm not even just saying I liked every one of them. There wasn't one of those guys I didn't like. Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they were all good. But Gunther, Gunther, you said, yeah, he, he don't he didn't talk for two weeks. He didn't oh say God. shit. So you get this guy, this big old handlebar mustache. He's pretty buff, you know. He's kind of got this wide eye. Gunther's is wide eye. He's always walking around like this, eyes wide open, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you got this wide eye guy. The mustache is pretty buff, walking around not saying shit for two weeks, and uh, he doesn't really doesn't really talk a lot. Doesn't say nothing. He trains hard, but doesn't say nothing. And uh, we were sitting there, like you have to do, you know, those double doors before the fights, everybody busts the uh-huh. double doors open. Yep. Well, they'll sit you behind those double doors and you have to sit there for two or three minutes. And I think they make you sit there for two or three minutes to kind of try to get you stir crazy, you know, kind of get you all riled up like you want to fight the other team, you know? Yeah. So they'll sit you back there in that hallway for long amounts of time. So we're all sitting there talking shit and uh, somebody just says, it's just kind of like monotonous shit talking. Like I'm gonna fuck your mom, and right. uh, you know your coaches are pussies. You know, and they're just kind of, but nothing bad. And somebody says, "Well, I'll fart on your pillow," uh, and and Gunther starts laughing. Uh, and there's we're all kind of like huddled up. There's like twenty of us huddled up, and then Gunther's like, <laughs> like, and then somebody says. Hey, he laughs. <laughs> That's the first time somebody, he made a noise. And then somebody else goes, hey, you've you been farting on pillows, Gunther. Why do you think that's so damn funny? And then he starts fucking cracking up. He goes, no, no, I would never do that to one of you guys, man. I would never do that. He says, that's fucked up. And we're like, oh, so now you, you talk and you laugh. We ain't even seen you laugh yet. And then from that moment on, he showed that he's a true nut. And I fucking love that guy. He's just, he's hilarious. From, from then on, he would, he would walk right up to you and talk to you. He would, uh, you know, he just didn't feel, uh, he wasn't shy after that. He just started talking to you and shit. And he, he's interesting. He's a nice guy. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for him at the beginning of it all, but he just didn't really have that skill uh, requirement, I guess, you know? He's, le- he's legit. I'm sure he'd beat most he's- people in the world, but you guys, you know. Well, what I heard level. from what I heard from what the rumor was going on in the show, you couldn't knock that guy out. He just like he'd take every hit, and he just like he was crazy. He is he's crazy tough, like straight up, like fight to a, the death. That was a good tough. season, though. I mean, like all the talents and all the little, even if they cut some of the stuff out, because if anyone doesn't know, yeah. Gunther was the guy who was like training alpacas, and he would tackle them, and and he would. You know, he's basically an alpaca tame, like whisperer or something. The alpaca. Dude, my whisperer. favorite thing that I saw him do was training on a tree. He yeah. would be hitting the tree, and then he would try to tackle the tree. And he did that for like two hours one day. He was yeah. sitting out there just hitting the tree and then tackling it, and then hitting the tree. And I was like, man, that's actually good technique. You know, because that tree it ain't going nowhere. If you can train yourself to hit that tree, when you hit an opponent, they're gonna feel like you know nothing. Right? Yeah, they'll actually move and bud. They'll actually fucking move, yeah. So, like, you went, did was did you go from basically, not, you weren't like a nobody because you had titles already. I think you had like seven titles before you went on the show. Is that five titles? I I mean, I still, I still even think I'm a nobody in MMA because, um, you know, I don't ever get talked about, but I like being like that because that's like the story of my life. And that's what's going to catch people from surprise when Mm -hmm. the nobody uh, contender goes to dominate the world champ and make it look easy. They're going to say, who was this guy? Like, where did he, 
because uh, I had 14 amateur fights. I was 13 and one, and none of them went to a decision. Even the one that I lost, it was finished in the first round. And that guy, he beat me because he had more skill. Mm. He, he just he just plum got me. He was a black belt, and I was a blue belt at the time. And he really – I didn't fight him smart. I could have beat him, but not the way that I was fighting him. I would have had to adjust my strategy, and I ran into a trap. But you take those 13 amateur fights, uh, none of them even went past the second round. And they're all three-minute rounds. So I did 13 fights. Most of them finished in the first three rounds. Very quick, efficient fights. Get it very done. quick, very efficient. I didn't get hit hard one time as an amateur uh, in the fight. Mm-hmm. I did in mm-hmm. training. Yeah. Um, but so I had 13 fights, more than half of them first round finishes. The rest were second round finishes, but all finishes. Yeah. Um, and uh, didn't get any recognition because the. Uh, uh, but I wasn't happy just beating him. I wasn't happy just – I had to get a finish because I knew if I was just beating these guys around here when I got to the UFC, that then the competition level would be up. And if I was just squeaking by victories, Hell yeah. you're not going to get those victories. And so I knew, my goal was always to finish the opponent because I figured, man, if I can't finish these guys, I'm not going to finish one of those guys in the future. And so that's mm-hmm. why my fighting style was always about trying to finish them, finish them, finish them. And it, until I started getting to a pro, uh, I had all finishes. But uh, then, it, you know, it gets a lot harder because the skill level gets higher. And, yeah. and you're lucky sometimes just get out of there with the W. <laughs> but, dude, you, like, at least on the Ultimate Fighter, I mean, I, had, I watched it originally, like, years ago, I guess, in 2018. But then I rewatched it because I was like, oh, shit, he agreed. I get to interview Bryce Mitchell. Thank you again for coming on. But I wanted oh, hell to. Hell yeah, brother. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get a little recap, a refreshment. And like I was watching the first fight, I forget who it was against, but it was like, again, the, the clean, crisp, just accuracy. You put him away. It was too easy. I think you put him away. And then the next fight, it was against Katonis, I think. Mm-hmm. And you were killing him. And I was like, how does he? I, I knew who won because I'd seen it. But I was like, how does he lose? And then I guess you kind of, you know, just got caught or whatever, right? It was the last strategy. It, it was all strategy. And what the I've always learned more from my losses mm-hmm. than I did from my wins. So it was meant to be because mm-hmm. it's going to make me better by you know by the end of my career. That's that is going to be a significant uh, learning point lesson for me. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> the number one thing was that my coaches told me I could not strike with this guy. They said, you cannot strike with this guy. You have to get him down. And then they told me when I get him down, don't pass his guard. They said, don't pass his guard. You don't need to. You need to You need to stay in his guard and just try to punch him. So knowing what I know now, you know, I'm just more of a man. I'm not going to say that I wasn't a man back then, but I'm more of a fucking man now because yeah. I've been through shit like that. I'm more of a fucking man. And I would tell those coaches, those coaches are world champions. Hell yeah. Those coaches have their own gyms. I could say those coaches name. And you say, wow, those are <laughs> world. I would tell those coaches to go get them some popcorn and sit in the fucking stands. Cause I'm going to knock a motherfucker out. That's what I would tell them word for word. <laughs> if I had to rematch that fight, cause I'm more of a man now. I believe in myself and it, it took me losses. It took me listening to other people's advice that think I thought that other people's advice was going to get me the quick, easy win. No, what I'm doing, what I believe in and what I train every fucking day, that's, what's going to give me the win. And I let somebody else's thought fester in my fucking head, their disbelief in myself. I let it fester in my health in myself and manifest itself in a fight. I thought I can't, I can't strike with this guy. He was wrong. Even with that belief, I outstruck him. Even yeah. with the belief in my head, I can't outstrike this guy, get him down. I still, outstruck. I watched the fight back and thought, wow, I struck better than he did. And I was trying to get him down. Imagine if I went into that fight with the full confidence and that shit will never happen to me again. It just, I, I wish I could go back in time and just tell them, Hey guys, Watch you know, <laughs> fucking watch what's about to happen. Y'all kiss my ass. And, you know, I wouldn't even let him in my corner. I like wouldn't you even said, it was meant to happen, him. though, right? It was meant to happen. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But, but um, you know, that, that yeah, meant to did happen. Because did he win the whole show, Brad? He did. He went okay. on to beat. So the first guy that I beat, I uh, he went on to beat Tyler Diamond. 
in the semis and then fought Brad uh, in the finals. And uh, Brad beat him. Right, and, right. Uh, and when, you when beat I fought Tyler. Jay, I, Go ahead. Sorry, you fought Jay? I, yeah. When I fought Jay, I didn't finish him. Uh, I call it the uh, $2,500 grip on an arm bar because uh, on the show, if you finish the fight, you get $2,500. Yeah. And I did a, a bad grip on my arm bar. I didn't control his hand. Oh, and he yeah, turned yeah. his hand and he got out of that arm. I almost finished him, though. Yeah. I had that arm extended and, and uh, Jay, he rolled out of it because I didn't have proper grip. I didn't have that $2,500 grip. Yeah. And, uh, but I was, I remember cranking that arm bar and just thinking, wow, that's because at the time, shit, that's still a lot of money. But at the time, that was like a shit ton Everything. of money. <laughs> yeah, Everything. Right. So I would just remember right when he got out of that arm bar, I thought, oh, 2500 bucks. I remember thinking that. And uh, that's why I come up with that that new grip and call it the twenty five hundred dollar grip. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so you didn't? Yeah, I guess you didn't. I would have remembered if you finished him because you do get that bonus. And yeah, I mean, and that arm was stretched out all yeah. the way, and he fucking turned and got out of the last second. But like I said, that is a learning experience. That's a right there. You know, you got to have your your proper grip. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I, it'll be fun one day probably to see you and Brad get that rematch for the belts or something, you know, or whatever. I, I think he, uh, you know, UFC, he went on a little skid there afterwards. And, oh, did he? Um, I thought he won a couple of fights. No? I think, he, I think he won one to two, but might have lost two or three in a row. They cut him. Pretty, oh no you know what i thought was premature but uh well hey well see that's the thing though like i think maybe why it was meant to happen maybe you win maybe you get the this big head you're like i'm the best and i don't have to try as hard that loss forced you to go back and put together you know another strategy like maybe not another strategy but maybe listening to yourself yeah. and um yeah. just switching it up ever so slightly i do want to I know you you don't have that much time probably, but this is like a success podcast. We talk about like mental strategies for success a lot. And and when you were going through that, I need to listen to myself. And that's what reminded me. Oh yeah, we typically talk about like going the extra mile, perseverance, uh, believing in yourself, visualizing. You know, and mm -hmm. um, visualization is huge. Can you talk on that a little bit? The visualization that Absolutely. you do. Uh I believe earlier in my career, I wasn't visualizing enough. Um, it just, it's a mental tool. <laughs> you need to be visualizing. Um, I visualize them hurting me too. Ooh. I met, I visualize the opponent hurting me so bad that I can't even bear to stand up or move. I'm totally exhausted. And then I just visualize me saying, fuck you to him at that, in that state, you know, like you fuck you to the end, you know, fuck you to the very end. I visualize that them killing me and me just saying, fuck you while they're killing me, you know, just and, fight uh, to the death type thing. Yeah. You just, yeah. I try to embed that in my memory. And, um, but like you said, um, about that loss, right. That thought that what that coach said to me, you can't strike with him. If you have that thought in your head and the fight gets hard, that thought will manifest itself. It becomes loud. That voice becomes louder and louder. You have to shut all that shit out, every bit of it. What about every the I can it. strike with him? You know, like I can strike with this motherfucker, right? Abs absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. what I, you know, and and um, that's just a learning process. But anybody in any field goes through that with anything. Yeah, that's what I love about fighting and I love about fighters and how I, why I identify. I don't know if I mentioned this to you already, but like, the type of dedication that you put towards your profession. If, if anyone did that for any of their professions, they would be mm -hmm. one of the best ever, you know, and I'd like, that's how I, I feel like I have a fighting spirit from just my heart in general, you know, I just have that fighter's heart when I apply it to business and I get up every day and I do what I can to push this company forward and help more people. I love, I love, I love fighting and I love that I get to work with fighters and sponsor fighters. And, um, and now I'm talking to you and I've got to meet cowboy and all, you know, Hell yeah, pretty cool like cast. Yeah. And it's like, it's the people I like. It's like, who he's do you cool like? As shit, man. Yeah. I mean, he's cool as shit. Like I didn't even know him. Just sat by him, started talking to him. He's cool, man. He's all, he was really cool with me. He told me he, that he really did like the underwear and he kind of told me how he found out about them and, it wasn't like we're just paying him to wear them. He was, he was at a store in Canada, and one of our competitors that no longer exists called My Package, 
uh he saw pouch for your balls or whatever he was like he bought the whole shelf he just dumped them all in his in his little uh cart and then he took them and bought them and and then he was wearing those before he found out we were sponsoring Tisha Torres and then we ended up sending him some anyways he said he really liked them which was cool that made me feel good he's what was my point I guess he's just it, Oh, we're doing a collaborative underwear with him, like a BMF sheath pair. So that's pretty cool. That's how much he likes them. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I like that whole philosophy he's got over there. He's farming. He's pretty, he's farming and training. I mean, yes. And you, I mean, and because they go hand in hand, you can take that work ethic back and forth and you're still kind of working out, you know, to an extent, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, and I and I want to do yeah. I get oh, so you, when you said I'm more of a man now, you know, like yeah, when absolutely. I went through basic training, I was 26. I was still a fucking young. I was still a kid. I was still immature. I was an idiot. Right. When I got yeah. out of basic training, and I saw oh, okay, I stack up to my peers. I actually beat them all in physical fitness. They're you know they're shooting fitness, leading and some and some other thing they base your you know give you scores on and i beat everyone in physical fitness and that and i'm just i'm like you as far as i look like a normal person nothing particularly um gifted i'm not like taller or stronger or anything you know but yeah we ain't like francis Ngano. exactly <laughs> but that fuck but that work ethic you know we, you know work beats talent you know when talent doesn't work hard or whatever and i just worked yep. my ass off i beat everyone i came in second in marksmanship but my point was oh, wow. i felt like a man when i left you know i was like okay yeah. I, now I've, I've gone through that initiation and i feel like the tough house is pretty significant also i, I mean absolutely that hell is probably about the same damn thing y'all was just shooting a lot more rifles than we were i mean that's that sounds really uh, how long was your basic 13 weeks i think was that uh marine no it was army army and, wow yeah that's yeah. awesome it might have been nine weeks and then if you added the ait the advanced individual mm -hmm. training afterwards which i was also honor grad i will i really wanted to do well in the army and i did mm -hmm. i was i i was a, they called you me a super soldier i gained rank really fast Dude, i went to badass, air man. assault school and warrior leader school i went on two tours to iraq the second tour i was the ncoic I took a team of five, came back with everyone healthy. That's good. Yeah. And so, and then. I know IEDs are bad over there. I heard a lot of people get blown up over there, man. That shit is just yeah. sad, man. We were some of the lucky ones. They say all gave some, some gave all, you know. So everybody, you lose a little bit of yourself going over there. I'm not the same person. I don't sleep as well as I did before. I was an innocent young babe. And then you guys see all this death and, oh yeah yeah and like a lot of it but uh wouldn't change it change it trade it for the world i i enjoyed well it just it was a part of my life experience and it made me kind of who i am today and I, and I had the idea for sheets when i was on my second tour and what i've had it i don't know but like you said everything happens yeah. for a reason and and you know just keep a positive attitude i like to say we keep a positive attitude mm. whatever happens find uh solution to whatever obstacles present themselves and then just mm -hmm. keep moving forward mm -hmm. and i'm trying to bring up as much as many people as i can with me for the journey yeah. you know right yeah and yeah, you're I, like I mean, part of it in a way in a way you know like just right, i appreciate absolutely. you you know working with us and stuff i appreciate you brother yeah when, when i'm when i'm hanging out with my coaches the week before a fight it just feels like battle you know it feels yeah. like we're in the trenches in 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 germany in, in 1944 you know yeah. what i mean it, it that's what it feels like right like I, I got that much trust for my for my coaches and when, when you talk about that and you say all oh, your guys came back home and stuff that's um i can tell you probably have that same type of camaraderie you got the same feeling i get the same thing with my my little you know network of people man yeah and, I, and now, you know, I did get out because after some, at some point you're like, okay, I don't want to go back again. Sorry. 
<laughs> shit, yeah. Shit, yeah, man. But I, you um, know, I had, I had the idea for sheets, and then my, I was gonna say, I just, I basically started my own little army. You know, I have my team, and I'm the captain, but I work for them. Like, you know, like I care for them and give them what they need and they they give me what i you know they work for me i'd make sure they can have everything they need and that's what i learned in the army as a sergeant you kind of lead from the front and take care of your soldiers basically wow so that so you you were a sergeant i don't yeah. actually know i don't actually know the ranks i don't know any of them i know there's like a e e5 e7 i got a buddy who's yep. kinda, i think he's a purple belt and he took an e6 or e7 test and he actually actually had to do paperwork for it yeah yeah you got to go in front of a board i made e5 yeah. which is the lowest level sergeant you can get but it's a sergeant uh -huh. Uh -huh. and it was awesome you know like to make yeah. that go from a specialist or a private you know to uh -huh. a sergeant was significant and i have it uh -huh. tattooed on my chest i mean it's, i've got my yeah. rank on my chest and i'm proud yeah. of it and there's not everyone makes it to the sergeant so that was pretty cool yeah. And I'm glad I did that. But and now I'm glad I'm out and I'm here. I'm working with lots of cool fighters. You know, one of them, and and I'll let you go. I don't know what time it is. What time? We started. Oh, you're all right, brother. We're coming I'm, up I'm on about an hour. It. You're the I've, man. I've set aside some time for you today, man. I'm 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 good. I'm enjoying it. The last time yeah, I, I saw you, here, go I, ahead. I could ask I could ask you questions all day about service stuff. I'm uh, I don't like I don't like the the wars and stuff. I don't like the fact that that people are over there dying but i am fascinated by the stories the heroism the bravery what can i learn from what they went through my favorite war of all time is definitely world war ii i love that shit i love that we went over there and fucking yeah. kicked ass you know yeah and uh if it, it, i love the m1 grand i'm obsessed with m1 grands i like those m1 grands call of duty <laughs> yeah a real one yeah, yeah, I like the real ones, bro. Oh, wow. Badass, and um, you know, just everything about World War II is cool, man. Just fighting evil. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about fighting evil, fighting for what you love, and fighting evil. That's probably just embedded in me for from birth or whatever. It's funny because when we were in basic training, you know, it was all from morning till night. You know, you're doing some sort of work right Eat or eating or no sleeping a lot of work and but at, at, towards the end of it to get us pumped up um there's this docu-series and it's not a docu-series it's, it's not we were soldiers and the boys or the band or band of brothers band of, bro band of brothers uh -huh. yes band of brothers and they had mm -hmm. us watching that like at night kind of just to get us ready because i was at yes. i was in iraq I joined in January 2006. I was in Iraq by like July. So I went through basic training. I went through AIT. I went to my unit and we went to Iraq. And within six months, I was there. Just in the in they call it brainwashing, call it whatever. They made us yeah. ready. I was ready. Yeah. And I wanted to go over there and I wanted to do my job. Now, after five years, I was like, yeah, what are we doing here again? <laughs> uh, I bought in hook, line, and sinker. You know, I was watching the towers fall and I was like, you know, um definitely patriotic still am hugely patriotic oh, yeah, man. yeah but but there's you know nobody's perfect no country's perfect do we make all the best decisions probably not and uh so but it, we are where we are and, and i'm still patriotic and i, I but oh, i think too, it's time brother. to pull pull out a little bit maybe me too brother well i i think world trade center seven fell too fast oh my god That's uh -huh. That's what I think. Uh -huh. Hey, I'm the I'm the crazy MMA fighter's been hitting the head too much, but when they find molten steel under under World Trade Center seven and it falls free floor free fall for a couple floors, uh, got a couple know, questions. I'm with you, dude. I'm I was I mean, that's, and that's and I didn't need, I didn't see that until after I'm already in the army yeah. and I'm like, well, fuck, yeah. dude, I'm already in the army. Absolutely. Hey, brother, if I was, how old are you? Forty two now, brother. If I I swear by it, if I was your age. I'd be right there in them trenches with you because I was yeah. pissed when I was, I was probably like, I remember watching it. I remember the, seeing it on the TV and instantly just getting mad. Yeah. You know, oh man, we're good. Who, who did this? What the right. fuck? You know, who would kill all these people for nothing? I, and um, took me a long time to, uh, I started looking into the, the World Trade Center 7 that fell mm -hmm. and some of it. And it just looks like a, 
a political mess to me. The further that I look into it, it looks like a planned event. But like I said, as, oil, soon as I say I mean, that, I'm money. a crazy MMA fighter who's been hit too many times. Well, that's you have to preface that because otherwise you'll get canceled. Like, yeah, we're just saying we're crazy, okay? But yeah, yeah. something's a little bit fishy. I'll tell you that something. Well, and, you follow the money when the, when exactly. the Halliburton when when you got the Halliburton and the in the Dick Cheney going on. Hey, man, mm-hmm. it's two fucking plus two. You know what I'm saying? It's it's right there in front of our eyes, but we gotta just like act like the emperor is wearing no clothes or something. We're like, okay, whatever. I guess we're just gonna play yeah, along with this. There ain't shit that I could do. Hey, look, check this out. If if Bryce was king and Bryce was running ever all this shit, I tell you, one of the first things I'd do is help the veterans out more because uh, the the veterans, uh, what you call it, the VA man, mm-hmm. that shit is piss poor. You know, and, those doc, a lot of those documents in the VA get piled up and rats yeah. shit and piss on the paperwork. You know, it's like this rats shitting and pissing on our veterans that got blown up because yeah. they wanted to be, they wanted to fight evil, you know, and they come back and you, and the people do who work at the VA can. let rats shit and piss on their medical documents. And, um, uh, I mean, like, in Texas is pretty good, I'll say that. And mm-hmm. I think there's Colorado not so good. So there's different areas where the VA is better than others. Absolutely. And yeah. Arizona, I believe. Now, I don't know. I'm just saying Arizona. It was one of those – Arizona, I believe, but they were – the scandal was going on. And that was a – you know, you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just people being thing. neglected and shit, basically. Yes. Yes, but they were getting those raises. That's what made it unethical. Oh, exactly. The, the, worker, the workers were getting the raises – uh-huh. It was the government was encouraging them to be lazy, and so and, gross. and so that it, we studied that in college actually, uh, which I hated college, but I met yeah. some great people, um, and I learned a couple good things. That was one of the things I learned. It was in a ethics class. It's called business ethics, and it just because mm-hmm. I went to a Christian school, and they're just basically teaching you not to try to fuck people over and do the right thing because that's what that business ethics taught you is like. And there were so many corporations we studied. We studied NASA, Ford. Uh, when it came to Ford, we studied the Ford Pinto. Clearly an unethical uh, decision. Now, yeah. I, Ally Coca, he's a fucking piece of shit. If I saw him out in my front yard, I'd fucking knock his teeth out just because, you know. But they knew that that gas tank was going to blow up if you got rear-ended. You yeah. know, when Ford, when Ford made the Ford Pinto... They Ally Coca, he knew if that if you took a rear end collision, he's gonna burn to death. He's gonna be burnt like crisp fried chicken. And he didn't give a fuck. He wanted to push those sales. And mm-hmm. uh, we studied that and we studied um the VA scandal. Mm. How how government employees were getting raises to act like they were setting up appointments, even though the appointments were all getting canceled. They weren't announcing that the appointments got canceled and that they were overbooking. Yeah. And so um you know, some stuff yeah. like that could be tightened up. Transparency. I, my, my, yeah. if I was the king, I'd say sh- open all the books. I want to see everything and I want to, tra- I want to be able to see it on my computer. I want to be able to click, yep. click, click, follow. It went from my pocket to the state, to the Fed, yep. to what agency, to yep. where did it go? And yep. I know you can I, show I me. Yep. If you're going to take my, my property taxes and income taxes, first off, property taxes. That's a paradox. That's it. That's like saying taxes on taxes living, on taxes. The, the, the living dead. You know, that's an oxymoron. How is something living and dead? Right. Property taxes. How is something your goddamn property if you're taxed on? Damn. It's not. It, it's Jeez. not. We we don't own property. And if people don't understand that, we don't literally own property. Wow. We literally nobody owns property. And and, and somebody can brag, they can say, Hey, I have a million dollar mansion. Yes, I did. I bought it in cash. I bought my million dollar mansion. Well, don't pay property taxes on that mansion and see what happens. The government's going to kick your ass out. The government owns it and you rent it for them at the fee that they fix. Yeah. And if you don't pay that fee, fuck your mansion. It's theirs. So we don't own property. That's true. Um, so yeah, we don't own property anymore. That's the essential basis of capitalism is private ownership of property, freedom and liberty and justice for liberty all, you know, and property. But, yeah. Yeah, rights of ownership of private property. That's the basis of capitalism. You cannot have capitalism without ownership of private property. We do not have that. We are not capitalists. We're a bunch of fucking socialists. Communists are trying to take us over. They're trying to take our guns now, in my opinion. But, yeah. um, 
they've already got our ammunition. You can't get yeah. no fucking ammo. It's very hard. And, uh, it's expensive. But um, you know, they don't. They took our property. We don't. We don't own property. We rent it from the fucking government. You know, they own speech, our guns. They're taking all the rights. Right? Yes, and so and so, like you were talking about, I want to know where my money goes. They call that earmarking, mm -hmm. um, like in government. So I want my fucking. If you're gonna take a property tax from me that I pay a couple thousand bucks every year just to fucking live where I live. Uh, wow. I want an earmark. Yeah. I want an earmark. I want to know that that $2,000 went to the veterans. How about if veterans. it goes to gender studies in Pakistan? You, you're right. You're, and that's the shit that it goes to. I think that if they're going to do a proper tax on people, it ought to be earmarked. And we ought to know exactly where our money's going to. But that's not the case. Like you said, there's no transparency. Yeah, they're hiding that shit. Like, and now it's <laughs> now with Trump gone, it's just back to business as usual. Like, and that was my big hope for him was just shedding a huge light on everything right. showing all right. the corruption, but everyone, right. instead of looking at everyone else, they just looked at him and it was this fucking whole shit show. And it pissed it me off because they just blame everything on him. And like, yeah. I was like, all this shit has been happening way before Trump got here, but there are yeah. no orange man bad. Oh yeah. It's, fuck. it's not a good, it's not a good look for the future of the country yeah. but what i saw is that this mike lindell was posting this um stuff about later in the year they've proven that the election was fraudulent which mm -hmm. to me it obviously was i don't obviously. have to have any any proof <laughs> you just tell me that half a million people voted in a state at midnight <laughs> yeah that's that's fraudulent. well they covered up all the anything negative all the news stories conspired against trump by not publishing anything I and mean, we're just preaching to the choir i think me and you but like <laughs> yeah. you know they all the biden shit they just covered it up like the laptop yeah. i mean if you would it would have swung it by forty thousand yeah. votes if they would have known hey this guy's like making deals with china and ukraine and his dad knows and blah 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 but they just squashed it and then everyone knows yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm with you and um you know i think that it's just going to play. What I really think is going to happen, it's going to be a long, shitty process of getting somebody good in there. Yeah. But Mike Lindell, he was saying that they found evidence to prove fraudulent election and that Trump is going to get re-elected re by the end of the year. And that gave me some hope, but I'm I'm also not one to celebrate before I get the shit right in right. front of me. No, and I so, know. But I heard that news. That's a little bit of hope. But um, that guy that said that, I guess his name was Mike Lindell. I've heard of him, Mike Lindell. Oh, he's the Pelo guy. Yeah, he was getting sued big time for uh, some stupid shit. They sued him and he countersued. <laughs> and yeah, but that, fucked that's up. where that, yeah, that's where that information came well, from. But I don't know how, well, how true it is. Yeah, we don't know. But like, that's what's fucked up is he was pro-Trump. He gets pretty much canceled. Yeah. I had, I went back and deleted anything on any of my social media i hate to say you know be like that like a bitch or whatever but i had to go i deleted anything because i heard there were cans they were canceling people's facebooks you know and i was i got into it with some people to you know in 2016 yeah, to, <laughs> and then i was like okay i gotta go back and delete some of this shit before they cancel me yeah they're, they're trying to cancel everybody and yeah. uh you know i that's where i kind of like my decision to let my manager run all the social media because uh i don't even give a fuck you know if they cancel me it's all whatever but yeah. i don't worry about it but my manager does do all the social media and he's his job is pr pretty much make sure it's appropriate because i don't trust in my skills to make sure i'm not offending people and dude you're white bro hey you're <laughs> yeah. offended everyone right now just like walking around yeah. i'm just kidding and uh, and man i I just, I said, fuck it. I just don't even want nothing to do with it. And now I gave him that responsibility because I felt that same type of pressure. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's like yeah. people expect you to post a certain way, do this. And my posts were getting banned and oh uh, they God. were taking them down. Dude, yeah, same. They, 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 mine they wouldn't even go post. up on Twitter. Like there was like, wow. it, w it would say something yeah. like, are you sure you want to post this or whatever? I'm like, what is right. happening? And then it, w it would like put it in this weird queue as it's being reviewed or something so right like, something is weird and so yeah. like so me and you similar boat probably you're gonna fo just focus on training focus on your profession and those around yeah. you and those you can help and i'm gonna kind of do the same thing and hope maybe in the midterms we can get you know get the house and send it back and blah 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 yeah right and we talk about helping others too man you 
we don't have to be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to feed 5,000 with a basket of bread. Like anything that you can do to help somebody else, help somebody else. You know, uh, I'm always looking for something that I can do for somebody else that doesn't, you know, I don't have to bend over way too far backwards, but it would help them out a ton. If I can find yeah. that a nice medium where it's something easy for me to do that helps somebody a shit ton, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff I like to do. I love that. We're we're the same in that respect because you know it's like when you you you're successful, you're doing well, whatever. Now what are you gonna do? You know, I want to help people. Kind of. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Just doing what you can is that makes me feel good. Doing something that I can. And uh, like yesterday, I mean, I just had a great day yesterday. I got a free TV, a plasma TV. <sighs> one of my one of my renters. Uh, she said, "Hey, I'm trying to get rid of this TV," and uh, you know, just randomly, I get this free plasma TV that she don't want. It's like ten years old, but it might still have a couple years left in it. Yeah, and uh, good shit like that happens to me all the time. And I try to just sprinkle back a little bit of good shit randomly yeah. whenever I can. Exactly. Because I, it, it comes, it back comes to you. around to me randomly. You know. Mm -hmm. I believe lucky. in that a hundred percent. Like just give and you shall receive you know like people make fun of the bible these days but there's a really a lot of good nuggets oh, of absolutely. wisdom in there that you can take and oh, make your life better uh, right, brother. well you did something really cool today for me by coming on here so thank you very much thank i think you man yeah i think we can we can wrap it up i was i'm honored big fan when's your next fight your hand's still getting fixed? Well, my hand is my it it's still aching real bad. I feel I feel like a sixty year old man hand on it, but it's actually I can squeeze real hard. Sometimes it feels you know that feeling you get when you jam your finger. Yeah, and it's like you can open and close your hand, but it just feels jammed like you want to pull on it. And I get yeah, that shit in that knuckle. Yeah, it feels tight. Feels like for no reason. So. I'm just kind of hoping that goes away, but if it don't, I could fight right now. No, I say I, no. To, I say don't waste, don't, don't rush back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with, with, with Cowboy, you know, no offense, but I feel like he, he, he always took a fight and that can be your downfall to an extent. Like rest, you're I, young. I think that that's obvious. That's obviously why he lost some of his fights because yeah. when he was at his best brother, he was on fucking fire. Yeah. And then there was some fights where, where he did not even showcase um what i think is a tenth of a skill set right. but i think it's because he was always fighting he he didn't instead of having these big peaks it was just like he, he just fight whenever the hell and yep. uh, i don't think he's greedy i just think it's he had a different strategy but yep. for me right now if i took a fight it would be out of pure greed because yeah. i don't need the money yeah i have everything i need in my fridge and i have a little bit more to, fit, to keep filling the fridge up for a little bit longer for a couple more months and uh when i fight it's going to be out of necessity okay yeah well I, and i want you to you know be healed up and last yeah. thing because i just thought of this did the governor of arkansas listen to you on the the mask message for the kids in the park or whatever playing in the yeah. park yeah and, yeah and and here's why he's a rat bastard because oh, um <laughs> And, you know, and, and I would have respect for him if he just, here's the route he should have taken in responding to it. He should have said, you know what, Bryce, I think that I'm saving more kids by doing what I'm doing. And I think you're wrong and you can disagree with me, but I'm not going to apologize because I feel I did the right thing. That's what he should have done. That would have been his best move. And I still, I would have came back and said, putting kids in masks ain't the right thing to do. And that ain't your fucking call to make. That's what I would have responded with. That would have been the best thing for him to say. I already knew I won this battle by the time I called him out because there's no way he can beat me in a debate about freedom and liberty while right. he's taking freedoms and liberties from me. So I already know I've won this argument, yep. however we go about it. And uh, But he chose a different route. He chose a rat bastard route. And how a rat bastard wants to deal with stuff is just place blame on other people and say they didn't do it. And that's how that rat bastard responded to it. Like when that dude broke my almost broke my arm in that first amateur match, I took that I couldn't move my arm. It was numb and I couldn't move it. And so I wanted to go shake his hand and tell him he did good. So I used my left hand to pick it up and shake his hand. 
and tell them, hey, man, you, you beat me fair and square. You got me. I did it with the, with the bad arm. I couldn't even move it. Shook his hand with my bad arm just to let him know he got me fair and square and there was nothing but respect for him. What Asa Hutchinson does is he points at his coaches and said, oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Oh, it blah, blah, blah. He, he can't take responsibility. That's why he couldn't do what I fucking do because he's, he's, uh, he would break, he would point fingers, and he would fold, just like he folded and took our liberties because he got pressured by a couple of socialists that said, hey, Asa, your people need to wear masks and your people need to shut their restaurants down. He folded. I'm a type of guy, I'd stand, and I'd say, if you want to come shut my restaurants down, send the military because we're going to fucking fight you for it. And I would never fold under that pressure. But he said, in his own words, he didn't do any restrictions. He, he claimed that he didn't put restrictions on. That's because I went to the website, and the website actually issued a statement. There was an article where he responded to me. Oh, wow. And he said, no, we didn't do this. It's optional to wear a mask. He's full of shit. Yeah. He can't even take responsibility. He can't even say, hey, I made everybody wear a mask, and I should. I had a girlfriend who's a single mom. He shut her fucking business down for three months. Mm. Ace is a bitch for that. Ace is a bitch for that. And I'll say it to his face. And you can say whatever. You can call me a trashy trailer bum, whatever you want to call He Ace is a bitch. He put single moms out of jobs. Mm -hmm. He folded under pressure. Mm -hmm. I would die before I fold and let people... Uh, take over my land with masks and communism and shut our businesses down. Taking you would freedom. have to kill me if I Period. was running shit. I'd, I'd say, you come in here and shut our businesses down and see what happens. But he, he folded. He shut all the businesses down, put mm -hmm. single mothers who have to care for children out of a job. Now, luckily in our case, you know, I had a fight right then. Um, she moved in with me. Her kids were well fed and um, she had money saved up. But think about the people who don't have a, a boyfriend or uh, another husband, and they're just stuck with their couple kids, and their fucking restaurant got closed down. Asa Hutchinson don't give a fuck. It's criminal. You no. Know? Oh, he's, it's criminal. These guys are criminals. And mm -hmm. I'll say it right to his criminal face. I'll say no, it right yeah. to his Making face. Making someone else like, take away their livelihood, you know, it's just like you're taking away freedom in general. Fuck, dude. People won't die yeah. for this shit, and you're gonna take you're yeah. taking it away like it's nothing, like it's not nothing gonna go. to go for you. And and wear a mask while you're at it. You know what yeah. the fuck? twelve masks. So Put on twelve. I'm masks. very I'm very firm in what I said against him, and I kind of wish I'd have said more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know it, it blows over soon. But it, I was yeah. you know, fucking Fauci, and it's all crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping, praying for the best. There's really not much we can do besides just wait it out and and, and hold our ground. Yeah. Well, you're a good man. I think you're fighting the good fight. You're on the right side of things <laughs> Thanks, as far as buddy. I'm concerned. I appreciate, I appreciate you. you yeah, it was an honor. And um, you know, look forward to the next fight. Yes, thank fight you, Mitchell. Brother. Thank you. At Thug Nasty on all the socials, check him out. And uh yeah, you guys have a great one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Robert Patton. Hey, just holler at me anytime. I don't know if I don't know if you have my number or you have Matt's. If you have mine, just send me a text, man, because I miss a lot of calls. Okay. Just text me anytime, brother. Thank you for Thanks, having dude. Me. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you next All right, time. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, brother.